you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, a very special edition. Not only are we in the middle of the Women's Six Nations, but we've got a guest presenter, none other than the Red Roses skipper, Sarah Hunter, MBE, or as she's known after the weekend, Water Girl Extraordinaire. Hello, Sunta. How are you? Hey, Johnny. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm glad you got my new title in there. With um, I, I've, although I named myself um, hydration technician for for the game, so I'd um, yeah, I'd upskilled yeah. myself from a water girl to hydration technician. My my, my mistake. But you were certainly dressed for the part. The socks are rolled up. I know a point <laughs> that uh, my heart made uh, made in commentary. Um, but do you want to elaborate to that? Did you? have anything else in your, in your socks or anything <laughs> the reason my socks were pulled up in the first place i did the team warm-up and then wanted to get into position early so i didn't get changed the socks were pulled up and were full match day socks um, and because i was in such a rush i'd forgotten to take my gum shield out so for the whole game i was running water on and off with my gum shield tucked into my sock you know just in case of any emergencies or anyone went down you know i was ready to go Absolutely love that. Absolutely love. That. So actually, you know, your Mo, who you know, you've got a very close relationship, you know, physically on the rugby field for many, many years, if nothing else. Um, is absolutely done you there, and all you're doing is just putting in for the team as per normal. Disgraceful. Yeah, I mean, Mo always wants to try to get one over. You know, she's a hawk guy as well. She spots everything going on, so it doesn't surprise me. I'm used to it by now after living with her for two or three years as well. Nice. Well, yeah, that's the whole car. Is it? The reason she's uh, such a good little commentator. So to be, be remiss um, to not let you know, and the viewers, what's coming up on the show today. Not only have we got your thoughts on the weekend's actions and looking ahead to, to next weekend, of course, round two of this standalone Women's Six Nations. We've got Shauna Brown coming on the show. Uh, she's always great value. We've got Fiona Cochran, the uh, former Ireland captain uh, and well-known broadcaster now over in Ireland to give us the Irish perspective. And we've also got Gianna Franco, formerly of Harlequins. Yes, the all-action Italian flanker is coming on the show for you as well. So it's absolutely jam-packed show. But let's just have a, a moment or two with you. Sometimes it's a rare treat to have you uh, on the show it's not that rare is it? actually whenever we ask you come on um, you're a delight why weren't you in the 23 is that a question we can ask i think people would like to know yeah probably a couple of things um i think i probably didn't get enough game time under my belt coming into six nations i probably was just fell um uh, a couple of weeks too short in terms of um not just playing i obviously played the exeter game before um, got 35 minutes under my belt but in terms of the training and training around the squad you know I'd only come back in a couple of weeks prior to Six Nations starting and um, the girls have been training for months in preparation so um, I just think there probably wasn't enough time to, to you know put my hand up for, for a spot to, to be selected with and uh, hopefully I've had another week's training under my belt got some more match play in terms of the, the, the sessions we do on a Wednesday um, to to be able to to hopefully be included in in the squad in in um, for for Italy so yeah just 
probably timings weren't weren't necessarily on my my side, and um, I probably didn't have enough of a run in to to be a, in and involved in the, the Scotland side. And and as we know, we've seen from other areas of the uh, the England setup, should we say? Um, it's fairly obvious if you aren't battle hardened um, and you're still selected, it might not work out quite so well. I'm not going to ask you to to comment on that one, obviously. Um, so you're in camp uh, in a hotel room there with a fridge. We're going to see if Sean has got a fridge later. Uh, you can sort of do one up and shit. But what what what's it like there within within the COVID bubble? What what keeps you guys amused? Are, are you a gamer? Are you a, are you a puzzler? doing sort of smarty jigsaws what what's keeping you amused i'm definitely not a puzzler so don't get into to shauna's uh jigsaw pickers or places um that actually spoke about the other day and i'm sure we'll find out um a lot more um this new game that i've never seen before it's this dice game and basically six people can play and you all have your individual cups so you play it you roll it out in numbers so you could go the six fives out there and then someone might have to go seven fives or and then basically you have to decide whether the, the seven um five show in or whether someone's a liar and basically if you call them a liar and they're right you lose the dice if you call them a liar and you're right they lose the dice and basically you've got to try and get rid of people's dices and the person with the most dice at the end wins so sounds pretty complex probably didn't explain it very well but it's actually quite fun and it's COVID safe because you can be socially distanced COVID safe, socially distanced, you own cup. Who's in your dice gang with you then? Um, well, there's Marley, Packer, Poppy Cleal, Abby Scott, Skaz, or Emily Scarrett. Um, we tend to be the like the the dice like heart um traditionalists. And then people come and go, so like Meg Jones has played, Morgan Muir, Harriet Miller Mills, you know, people Come and take it as a please, but we're we're the hardcore dice dice gamers. Nice. Didn't seem to mention any of the slightly younger players in, in that group. I mean, I've not passed this person. I mean, Abby, Abby, um, yeah, Abby Ward will uh, will not be happy with you, Johnny, because she she's getting tarnished with being an old player and she's still uh, protesting to be a young player. So, uh, so yeah. Well. Get, it, get yourself out of the dice gang then, Abby. Simple as that. Yeah. No, I was just saying she keeps herself young with um, the actual gamers, you know, the Xboxers that all, like, connect up and play against each other virtually. That's how she keeps herself young. Yeah, not not for me. Um, that's, that's the sort of bottom of burn crew, isn't it, I believe? They're the, they're the gamers there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's the uh, one. She's got a foot in each camp. Look, we're going to get into uh, the England Scotland <laughs> game now. Uh, get your thoughts uh, on uh, on England's performance in the uh, 52-10 victory up at Castle Park. It was a beautiful day up there, wasn't it? It was just a really, really cracking way to 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 start the Six Nations. But look, let's let's get into that chat uh, alongside one of your England compadres. Then he came off the bench on Saturday. It's Shauna Brown. I'm Jess Breach and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. The 
Sean Brown, thank you so much for joining us on the WRP. How are you? Um, considering it's a Monday after a Saturday game, body's in a in a good place. And yeah, just ready to attack the week, as it were. Nice. I mean, this is really strange, isn't it? Because what you two are in the same hotel. Yep, we are, Johnny. Yes, but as you can see from the background, it looks like we're in different hotels. Yeah, Shauna looks like in a really, she's like in a really plush room. Well, are you in a broom cupboard? Or, are, are you in a broom cupboard or something? Yeah, the, I'm in um, Harry Potter's room under the stairs. Um, <laughs> You've got to look well, after your front row. We are precious. <laughs> you are precious at the minute, I must admit that. Um, I feel like this might be... Oh, you'd be up here, though, Shauna. I feel like this is the old people's um, floor because I've got Vicky Cormer next door, Emily Scarrett the other way, but you're 30 and you're Yeah, probably was bit. a mistake. Yeah, I probably yeah. should be up there with you. <laughs> I just... Well, I, I just go to... Just, you're so selfless. You wanted the other girls to have better rooms, more plush, more luxury, that kind of stuff. Less stairs Absolutely. as well. But, but Shauna, wait, you... do you have a fridge? No, I don't. Do you? I have oh, a fridge. That's a get. Uh, oh, I haven't checked. Yeah, I don't. Shauna Brown is, is that, now checking. That's, is, is that's fridge. a game changer. Yeah. Oh, you've got me thinking now. <laughs> okay. When do, when do you get to Italy? When do you go to Italy? Well, if selected, the team travel on Thursday. Okay, that late. Okay. Because if you're... Well, let's, let's just assume you're both selected. I can't see why not. Uh, Pretty sure it be... doesn't work like that, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why, yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm just deciding on a Monday afternoon. I've dropped me to chat in a, in a second. But soon you'll be taken by private helicopter to her mansion when you get to Italy. You'll be payback once you get there. Anyway, we are, we're, we're jesting with... We're being uh, frivolous, and that's fine. But how, how does the week work now, Shauna? Saturday, did you did you celebrate what was a, a very good win? Congratulations on on the fifty two ten win over over Scotland. Did did you celebrate anywhere? A few glasses of ties are going around. Uh, the shortest answer is no. We, when no. we got back, it was time for dinner, and then we just put some more rugby on the TV, really, and just just had a chill in the team room on our own distance tables. A couple of girls had a, a single beer, but no, nothing to write about. And then Sunday was a bit of a, a down day. Yeah, so Sunday, yeah, get an extra half an hour in bed. That's a nice little treat. And you get the good breakfast as well. The post-game day breakfast is the breakfast, eggs benedict, or you can have salmon, smoked salmon or no meat at all, etc. And pancakes. That is something to look forward to. But apart from that, yeah, it's just more about medical triage, just seeing how bodies are, checking in with the medics, uh, team meeting, go over the reviews as units and as a whole team, and then a bit of lunch and pretty much make our way straight to the next hotel. Nice. And then today, checked into hotels? Today, well, checked into the hotel last night. Last night, uh, yeah. And now... Back at the hotel now, but we spent the morning at Penny Hill Park. So gym session and a bit of a skill session. But because there's new people in this week and we're all PCR tested again. So it's more about socially distant skills. It's not just normal training. We've got to keep our masks on and still 
got to find things, games and skills we can do without touching each other, etc. But then we had a person, we had a front row meeting. I know the, the line out leaders had a line out meeting as well. So just a bit more reviewing of, of Saturday and then back to the hotel. Speak to you, really. It's all I've been looking forward to all day. What a, what a highlight. What a <laughs> highlight for you. It's, it's a sad reflection on the rest of your day. This is the highlight. Anyway, um, look, so, so we didn't uh, talk about the, uh, the the game with you. We wanted to wait till Shorter was on as well in her in her in her suite with uh, with ensuite spa pool bath. Um, how, how was the game for you, Shorter? Uh, please feel free to to come in since whatever you like. How was it for, um, for you? So I was I was a finisher. So it's always I think it's, it's a nice place to be sometimes in terms of being able to watch the game from the sidelines and, and being able to have that overall view. Um, and seeing the bigger picture. So then even at half time, you can go and give, whether it's front rows or, or other forwards or other players, like little messages and and just tell them what you see and, and not necessarily give them the solutions, but actually just kind of say what you're noticing, and especially as a player looking on. Um, and then it's, but even with that, you're still sort of staying in tune, staying warmed up. And it was, there's a different mentality, I think, in being a finisher. And it's it's nothing sort of to be trifled with. I'm still very proud to sort of be on the bench as such and, and then come on and make a different impact. But it, it was a great game to watch and a great game to watch from the side as well. And just proud of the efforts that we had as a team. She's come out of the blocks really, really well, which I suspect would have pleased everyone in the camp centre. Yeah, no, I think it did. I, I mean... Uh, the girls have been working hard for months, pretty much since the the last autumn internationals, and obviously with the the Six Nations being moved to April, there's a lot more training time, and I think um, that first half sort of replicated uh, the intensity that they've been training at. And actually, um, we spoke in the week about wanting to just put that into into a game, and I, I think they certainly did. I I don't know about Shauna um second half, but I think just with all the the TMOs and cards and the stop start nature of the game like it it must have been pretty difficult to for that flow and to to carry that on yeah for sure like agree with that and especially again Sarah what you said about how intensely we've trained in the lead up to it and coming on in that second half there was so much stop start it's a reminder that actually we train over intensity and we do it on purpose in training so then you come to the game just like wow, I've actually got more than 30 seconds rest here. Like, you don't know what to do with yourself. You think, oh, and you, you feel a bit fitter, actually. And you realise in yourself, oh, I'm, I'm actually a decent rugby player. I can run around. It's just we're normally sort of dying on a, a Wednesday afternoon when they're doing it on purpose to us. But it was definitely stop-start. And it's a, it's a different skill, I guess, in being able to like switch off and then switch straight back in and, and even realising what, what we're going to next is in like where we're starting from, from a scrum or line-out. So there's, um, yeah, definitely... The second half was was a bit stop start and, and learning how to deal with that is is a skill in itself. How did you find um, scrummaging with two players down, Shorter? Do you know what? You know, I'm a bit simple minded most of the time, and I don't know a lot of what's going on on the pitch most of the time. <laughs> I didn't really notice. <laughs> Are you saying you just don't push? Do you know? I told you what I did notice. Langy on my bum, putting her shoulder in my bum. I was like, oh, hello. Like, what are you doing here? And then Abby's constantly like, right, talking to Langy. Right, so now this is where you hold her. Okay, no, stay down on two, stay down on two. Right, now we come up. Now, and I'm just hearing this narration of, of the scrum happening behind me, which was rather entertaining. 
but it, it's it, the message doesn't change for us as a front row in this like we're hitting to attack and especially in that game that like we're hitting to attack we knew we had that in our in our armory to attack that scrum and I guess it's in a way it's the kind of it doesn't change my mentality mainly because I didn't realize that there was changes but I do sometimes just not all the time um and it's it's that being able to attack and, and having the confidence to still go did you not realise there when Langer was on your on your hip? Oh, comes there's something something going on here. Did it not? Did the penny not drop then? Uh, well, it's you don't want to say to back row, but they don't you don't really feel them that much. But they don't like to hear it, so we don't say it that often. And the second row, you do feel, but it's um, she she afterwards Langer said, like, did I do well? Did I do well? And you kind of go, yeah, you done well. You I didn't feel you, and that means you wasn't in the wrong place. So you must have done well. She's like, oh. <laughs> job done she's happy everyone's happy what uh what what was it like watching that that start then ladies because you, you talk about this intensity and uh i know that uh you both spoke about it in, in various places about about this intensity that Mrs. is trying to bring to to training actually sort of was more intense than than, than game situation that's all well and good but translating that to onto the field and the accuracy you can't always guarantee that, that you're going to be able to do that. But but actually players taking the ball at pace and the tip-ons and all the rest of it, the accuracy was there. It just seemed to be, you seemed to be in a really, really good place. Would that be fair to say? A few people returning from injury, that kind of stuff, a few annoyances, stuff being moved, World Cup being moved, all the rest of it. It just seemed like a perfect little storm, which is, which gave you such a great start in the game. Yeah, and, and again, watching it, I'm... Like everyone likes to watch running rugby. Everyone likes those cheeky little offloads and seeing between Poppy and Brian and Kill doing it to each other. It's the cutest thing to watch. And like, oh, like they must know where each other's going to be. They've got that that twin thing going on in their head. But it's like no defence is ever going to be able to keep up with offloads. And it's having the intelligence to know when to give them and yeah. when to not give them. But actually getting yourself in a place where you can almost try to give, it's not on, take it in, like go down to the floor and, and just recycle the ball. But yeah, it was it was some pretty exciting stuff in the first half. And, and seeing forwards handle a ball like that, it's it's just good rugby to watch. Did you enjoy watching it, uh, Hydration Technician? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you used my correct name there. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Hydration Technician MBE, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, it, it, was, it was great, you know. Um, I think for for me the fact that um, the last few months have been spent a lot of time in game play and I think that really um, was seen on Saturday and I think um, whether whether you're carrying water whether you're on the starting whether you're finishing whether you haven't quite made the squad I think actually it's really pleasing to see all the hard work that this team is is putting in and yes there was 23 players that that took to took to the the pitch and the, the team on on Saturday but you know over the last few months has probably been like 35 36 mm -hmm. plus players being involved to allow the team to prepare for for that and I, I think that's some like and you can't help I was so excited on Saturday waiting for game day as much as I <laughs> as I am when I'm playing because I wanted to see just how how well that um, we we'd sort of transition from that training phase into a competition phase, and and the certainly the the girls certainly did that did that really well, um, and sort of sets up the weekend nicely against Italy. She was so excited; she's fully kitted up, gum shield in the sock for the entire game, <laughs> just carrying water. Extraordinary. <laughs> um, that's it's never Johnny. It's never just carrying water because did you no, have sorry, the, yeah. did you have your um, headphone on, Cynthia? Yeah, I did. I was all mic'd yeah, up. Yeah, that's 
that's a hard job in itself I've I've heard about stories of that stuff that comes through the microphone it's not a job I'd ever want to do it's hard work what what could get better then um Sarah do you want that one <laughs> um, I think probably the, the two big areas I think is probably discipline especially second half I think um there's some non-negotiables I think in 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 uh in sort of discipline like back foot that sort of thing that that's just a work ethic mentality and making sure we're on side like that's not down to referees interpretation that's clearly have you got behind the back foot and things like that and I just think just about stupid penalties that we we probably gave away unnecessarily so um so I think that'd be one that we'd, we'd really want to sort of tighten up on going into into the Italy game and then just probably some of our, our accuracy in that second half especially some of the the chances we created and probably just didn't didn't finish um but not nothing major I think it's more like just keeping doing what we're doing fine-tuning um certain areas I don't know what you thought Shauna with with actually being out there yeah it's similar in especially in terms of discipline and there was a couple of penalties you could say are a bit harsh and especially the rolling ones because that's what we've been used to when we play rugby but the interpretations of the laws have changed so we have to learn to change but then back foot it's just even the thought process of let's let's give a lot of daylight and 30 50 centimeters like we back our line speed enough to to be able to back off 50 centimeters and, and still go and get them so it's having that mentality and even the, the discipline to talk to each other constantly and and getting each other on side and the wingers will be giving the messages in from from the ars will give to the wingers wingers shouting into us and so it's that just the line of communication getting it down and like people are obviously not on side on purpose but it's just that awareness of, of where they are where the ruck is and even those little movements when the ruck moves and so you you was right five seconds ago but now the rocks move so you're actually offside and um, so just that bit of awareness of of what's going on from the referees and the ARs and yeah the accuracy and execute execution but like they're not it's not major like Sarah said it's these are little fixes these yeah. are like m- milliseconds these like these are international measurements in terms of yeah. most rugby players that they'd be okay with making those mistakes and in SR says elite athletes like we always want to aim for that that perfect game and that perfect accuracy rate and we're always going to strive for it like there's no such thing as a perfect game but we will always strive for it let's look further field then um what different challenges are Italy I and mean, we've got Jada Franca coming up on the uh, on the on the pod later on um, wonderful rugby player, lo- lovely person. She'll be she'll be physical. She'll along with the rest of her teammates. That never say die attitude. And it's posed a bit of a problem for for England uh, over the years, especially especially over there. What tactically? What challenges do they bring to you guys that Scotland don't or didn't? Uh, should I say? I think it'll be the the playing in chaos and in terms of like Scotland's defence was real good against our set piece but actually we got our tries from from kick returns and and our backs being able to weave in and out and sort of create in space whereas Italy sort of seemed to strive under that that chaos pressure and and being able to to make these tackles in any sort of situation and it's I think I think that's going to be the difference is learning that like we're not going to be able to make ground all the time but actually it will be about breaking them down Feel the same, Sudha? Yeah, I think um, they're they're sort of 
they've got some really creative players and it's almost expecting the unexpected with them sometimes that you don't know what they're what they're gonna bring. I think having played them um numerous times away, like I think um I think they'll build challenges in all areas. I think I suspect if I was um probably playing against us, I'd probably come and try and challenge our breakdown. As we saw against Scotland, our speed of breakdown was 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 pretty good and pretty quick, which allowed us to play on front foot. Um, so I mean, they've been a nuisance um, there. You look talk about Gianna Franco; she's she loves to get in and around the breakdown and, and try and make a mess of it. So I suspect there, I think they'll probably try and come out as a at set piece time. They they challenged us there when we were out there in November, um, especially. Um, uh, when we wanted to score, so yeah, I think I think we can expect some 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 challenges um, for us to to deal with and and try and problem solve along the way. Nice. I mean that that was a proper intelligent like rugby chat, tactical rugby chat. Uh, the other thing that we will be looking out for, and Sarah's kind of just reminded me of it, is the unexpected and like what I call funny business. So through the line out, they'll be like, they'll do something radical off that or, or the constant quick taps or the picking and going through the middle and like the things that you think like, we'll get ready, get set. Oh, like something else has happened, but it's just that being aware of, of the different things that they might do at any point in the game that to most people don't make any sense, but th they do it and they get, they get paid from it. And is that expected more for the fact that you don't play against these players? very often literally kind of like once twice a year uh no i would say in terms of like textbook rugby as it were so like from kickoff you kick deep to, if you kick deep to their 22 they set up the rock the nine kicks it straight out that but potentially them not kicking it straight out and actually them running it and because we're maybe retreating back at like half a second too early that they get it's yeah all all the things that are not necessarily what you see in a textbook rugby game yeah. it's them just playing what they see but also like i wouldn't be surprised if they're coached to do it actually just just throw a bit of throw a bit of different in the mix chaos and of course you'll be hoping for a fridge in your room uh there as well let's 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 push push forward even more and um most people would expect a, an england france Final on, on on Super Saturday. Did you get a chance to watch uh, France of the weekend, Shauna? Uh, yeah. So we started. I started watching the France Wales game, and the, she got a hat trick within about fifteen minutes. And you thought France France are here. France are here to to win, and and they're here to play, and they're not taking it easy as some teams might have suggested they they do sometimes, and they haven't put a B team on, etc. But yeah, it will be. I did watch it and. France being France and again those sort of little offloads and you think oh no they'll never get away that's not going to go to hand and all of a sudden there's another player and then there's someone else on another shoulder and it's the it's the flair of the French yeah they certainly meant that one didn't they they were uh they're impressive that is brilliant Shauna we will leave you to your what, what are we going back to puzzles the the, the uh, dice game no we're gonna plan some sort of mystery hunt I think for for the girls to do outside at some point nice all nice and distance outside of course of course brilliant stuff well thank you so much for joining us on the wrp fingers crossed for selection and go very very well i think you know you're going to be in italy but yeah go go really really well <laughs> don't even know you can't i've cursed it again you can't say that
there's enough fit props that I may not be in Italy. And if, if I'm not in Italy, after you said that, I'm coming to knock on your door. Oh, okay. Socially distance, please. Uh, and is it seven miles from your own house? I don't know. Is that the rules? I don't know. I'll no. send several strongly worded emails. How about that? You you do that. What? Jeez, I'm just, just wishing you luck. Selected or not, go well watching uh, playing against Italy. Thank you, Johnny. Great stuff. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. Great to have Shauna on the pod as as always. I mean, we know all about her backstory, don't we? we, we we've done that, uh, I don't know, 4,758 pods ago uh, when we when we had her on uh, and spoke about her diving and uh, her athletics and all the rest of it and what she's done in the, in the past. But it's really good to get her take having been there on the field. She's just the kind of person you want in the ranks, isn't she, Shunta, on and off the field? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Shauna brings um, energy. She's got a real good character around her that um, she'll always be doing something. So whether that's puzzling, whether that's like having a music player and getting people involved, you know, um, what hairstyle she's going to um, have for the game. I think she's ha- had a vote in the past on what what it's going to be. I think she's just an in- intriguing um, person in terms of all the things she, that you say she's done before in her career. You can sit and chat to her for, for hours, but she'll, she'll be always bringing something to, to the team. And, and that's what you want. You want individuality. You want per team that add value. And Shauna certainly does that. She... She seems, I don't know, particularly well, um, but just uh, comes across as a, a moral barometer. She's a really, really wholesome person. Would that would that be right? Yeah, she is. You know, um, I think one of the the good things that we, for me, I think it's been really intriguing. So a lot of obviously the the Black Lives Matter stuff, and obviously that, and the Black History Month that she did, I found. Um, it really interesting and engaging and um, she's really open about it and she wants to educate people and um, you never feel stupid going and having a conversation with her and actually some of the stuff she's put on her social media um, is, is really really interesting and she'll go out and find out she doesn't know it and what she she brings is um, like you say she she wants the best for everyone and she wants everyone to be on an equal footing which I think is absolutely absolutely right and like you say um what what's right and what's wrong and that that's what shauna is and that's what shauna stands for and it, it's such a great um person to have within your team whether that's making sure that everyone's picking up their rubbish or something like she'll she'll be that person and she'll call people out on it and in a good way and and yeah. that's what you want you want you want good teammates and she certainly is not just a good player but she's a good person as well and i think that that's what makes shauna the person that she is because you know you can't rely on you to do all those kind of things because i know you're in exactly the same kind of kind of cap with the those kind of standards personally and, and, and otherwise look let's go from front row is brilliant two front rows on the show today Let's go from one front row to, to another one over the Irish Sea. To former Ireland captain, uh, arguably captain in their sort of heyday, uh, and now a lady who is a fantastic broadcaster. She juggles that with, uh, with being a teacher as well. Uh, it's Fiona Coughlin coming on the WRP. Fiona, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the WRP. 
how are you? How's life? Is it good to be back with the with the kids back in three D? Uh, yeah, it is. It's um, it's nice to be back in real life. They can't slack off as much anymore and just pretend that their camera and their microphones are broken. So uh, yeah, it's good to be back in. We're on Easter holidays at the moment, though. So yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, two weeks on, two weeks off. Is this? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, really. Um, first round of the Six Nations. They- there seems to you know, there definitely is a buzz, and of course, uh, all three of us here that think they absolutely should be, uh, and we hope that kind of continues way, way beyond the Six Nations and continues this kind of level. But there's Matt's Pike predictors and Fantasy League. Are you getting involved in that kind of stuff? You've been swept up with the uh, with all the uh, the buzz around round one. What did you make of it all? Yeah, I had a few tech issues with the L Fantasy and the Match <laughs> Predictor, but uh, top of the league in both of them. So yeah, doing okay in those. I- I did yeah. go. I, I teed you up because I was going to mention it. I was going to mention. You're top of the Legends League, aren't you? Yeah, but I haven't a clue what I was doing. To be honest with you, I'm lucky I made it in. So it's probably a bit of a fluke that I'm top of it. I'll probably it'll probably change very quickly next week. <laughs> um, well, what did you make of uh, sort of the the play in 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 round one as a, yeah, as a whole? Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's good to have Six Nations back. Clearly, France and England are very much the leaders. Um, they were outstanding. France in particular, I was really impressed with the way they came out to play. Um, and, you know, look, I, I suppose the like Wales haven't actually played in a full year um, and had their own troubles with injuries and things like that. But the intent of France just was phenomenal. And just some of, the, some of the plays they were doing were just ridiculous. Some of their players really hitting top form. Like when you have the likes of Tremillier, NDI, uh, Mayons on the bench, and they're still racking up those type of scores, like just to bring that bench off even is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, from your perspective, Fee, what you're sort of expecting from Ireland, obviously before COVID hit this time last year, Ireland seemed to be really rebuilding and looked to be getting some some real good performances in how they were playing. Obviously, haven't played for, for a year, but just from your perspective, what you know, what you've heard, what you've seen, just what we what we should be expecting and what we should be seeing from Ireland coming into their first game this weekend. Yeah, well, I suppose the last game we saw them was against Italy, which they had a good win. It was a pity that they didn't get to play France the following week out. But since then, you know, they were always aiming towards something. Was it the qualifiers before uh, Christmas? Then it was the Six Nations. Then it was the qualifiers before the new Six Nations. So they've been training away. They've had over 20 camps, in fairness, like, and they're going in on a Friday night. So they'd have a Friday evening camp, Saturday, Sunday. So they've had loads of time together, um, a couple of internal games. And then you've got a couple of new faces in there coming from the sevens. And, you know, I was always one to be critical of sevens players being dropped into the 15s game. Uh, However, I think this might be beneficial for Ireland this time because they've literally been in training in 15s since November. So that's all they've been exposed to. So uh, we might see some exciting new players come through into the 15s ranks. Um, in areas they probably needed to work on, I thought their set piece was poor last year. Um, so I'm sure they've been working hard on that. But we definitely saw keen improvements in their, their defence in particular. And that's they've spoken about it hitting a new level. So hopefully we'll see that come through. Um, and then on top of that, I suppose an area that they have probably haven't cemented is the out-half position. I think there's been eight out-halves in the last three years. Um, so Hannah Tyrrell was put in there against Italy so whether she stays in there or one of the sevens girls come in and slot in there I'm not too sure what way that's going to go um, but I do think that they need to give someone significant time and opportunities to develop there because going into the World Cup that's what they're going to need and, and we just haven't seen it over the last couple of years Who would you start at 10? 
Look, I'd probably give Hannah a go there again because uh, she did all right against Italy. I'd love to see her in a game where she might be under a little bit more pressure to see what she can produce. Um, then there's Stacey Flood, who's come through the sevens. She was a scrum half predominantly in sevens, moved to 10 now in the 15. So she's got a wonderful skill set. I just wonder about her game management in the 15s game, having never really played a competitive game there. And then there's young Eve Higgins as well, who's come from the sevens who I saw when she was underage, under 16s playing. And I thought at that stage, that was back in 2014, that she would be the next 10 to come through after Nora Stapleton. But she was taken into the sevens game. So we haven't seen her. So where she features, I'm not too sure whether it'll be out half or centre. But I think they have to give Hannah another opportunity. I don't think it's um, fair on her to... She did, she did fine when she went in against Italy, but I think they need to give her time to develop there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, outside of the uh, the 10 position then, if you don't know the Ireland squad particularly well, what names should we be looking out for in, in this six stations? Do you think might might make a bit of a bit of a splash? Um, like I think Kleena Maloney, if she continues on the form that she had last year, uh, Hooker nails down that set piece. She's a really explosive, powerful player. Claire Manoy is like I don't know how many player of the matches that woman has won. Like it's just off the charts. Um, she's just so consistent in everything she does. And then. Dave and Parsons on the wing. I hope they play a game plan that gets her off her wing and on the ball as much as possible because she has, we've seen what she's done out in the wing, going for the intercept tries or chasing down kicks and stuff like that. But to come in off off the head half or straight off a scrum, I think she just has the power and pace to, to break a tackle and it'll just be so exciting to see her on the ball as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. She certainly um, made a bit of a name for herself at the um, before COVID hit last year, didn't she? Um, yeah, and she's still only 19. I know, it's crazy to think, isn't it? These young kids coming through more earlier and earlier with seem to be more talented every time they come through. Certainly um, pushing us old ones, that's for sure. And so then in terms of your opposition for the weekend, Wales, I know you spoke a little bit there about France uh, at the top. And yeah, I'm hugely impressed with them. Yeah, we know certainly going forward all about their skills. I was incredibly impressed with them off the ball. I thought their their attitude was uh, was outstanding. You can only play what's in front of you. What did you make of Wales and what was in front of France? Yeah, look, I I, I think Wales struggled in the sense they had key kind of injuries and in positions, and that you know they had players out of it. But I just thought they played incredibly deep. Snow still played incredibly deep, and then she didn't use her kick to probably the ability that she's able to. Like that's probably one of her best threats is her kicking game and you know there was a lot of space France were playing 14 up and there was a lot of space in behind and she just sat too deep in the pocket and um, then their set piece didn't fire the way they wanted to like at times France's set, uh, scrum was outstanding I know they Wales had I know Wales had a good scrum at the end but France had a few key ones for Groach to go over and and their line out wasn't great either and 36 missed tackles like you know if that's something that they're going to have to really concentrate on this week is is the missed tackles because you just can't be allowing that. And, you know, I haven't looked back on the game to see whether they were system errors or just that they were just technical missed tackles. I'm not sure whether it was people out of position. Um, I didn't look at the game that intense. So it'll be interesting to see whether they're system errors or they're just technical poor tackles. I think it's a real fair reflection on on probably the, the Welsh side we saw Um I think similarly that they ha they haven't played together, have they, since um, sort of March last year? I think we were the, the last team to play them before they played France, and they've got a new coaching. Um, 
So it's a lot of things that they, they probably want to play in. But I think you're, you're absolutely right that the basics of the game, I think they just struggled to, to do, like defensively, like you said, that the tackling, I think having watched it, I think there's, there's probably that that individual part first and foremost before sort of systems. And then I just thought they couldn't keep a hold of the ball. They didn't get any continuity in the game to put France under any pressure. And then, like you said, they they just didn't kick into the right areas. I mean, from memory, and I mean, Johnny, you, you, I know you were commentating, you'll probably say this, but I'm not sure they even got into to France's 22 to even potentially get any opportunities to score from. So um, I think obviously... I would imagine those are sort of the areas that they're probably working on hard this week before they, they take on Ireland. What do Ireland need to get right to beat Wales? Is it just a matter of being being accurate first game back after, after a while? Yeah, I think definitely they will have focused a lot on their set piece as a launch um, and then accuracy around the breakdown that they're able to keep that momentum and uh, work through the phases. I think if they can work through the phases, they'll expose the space that will be created out wide. And uh, yeah, I think it's just taking the opportunities that come to you and just be ruthless. Um, you know, but it's always difficult to go to Wales. You know, I never have good good memories really going to Wales. Only won there a handful of times, so it is a tough place to go. And Ireland went there two two years ago and were beaten beaten out the door by Wales. So. Um, I know no crowds and stuff uh, hasn't really made much of a difference to uh, to some of the teams travelling abroad. It hasn't made such a difference. But, you know, you have to go out and do the basics, right, as Hunter said, and um, go from there. But, look, they've spoken about it. They've talked so much about everything that's going on at camp now. It's a matter of putting it on the, out on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. So you're predicting an Ireland win. Yeah, I am predicting. I am predicting Ireland win. I think they will be rusty at the start, but I, I think they will win it. But by how much? I'm going to say ten points. Hang on, let me just get my match pipe predictor. <laughs> see, you shouldn't be giving anything away. I, I, I'll probably change my opinion myself by the weekend when I see the teams. <laughs> it, it's very hard when you don't have the teams even to say what they're going to win by, and even even at that, I predicted things wrong. So, um, yeah, it'll. it'll be interesting to see, but I think Ireland for the win. Yeah, it'd be interesting to uh, to to see them um, first up. It's interesting to see all four of those teams at the weekend, um, and and then I, I guess you're predicting them to 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 win the tournament as a whole. So rather <laughs> like 2013. No, I, I, yeah? I, I think it's uh, in England France in that one two one two position. I I think um, you know they've been the standard bearers and. Uh, consistency, I suppose. England being more consistent than France over the last number of years, but yeah, they're they're definitely the standard bearers. So Ireland, I think, will finish third in that three four spot. Yeah, finish third. Nice, great stuff. They will uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so can much. I just, uh, can I just say one thing before I go? Of course. We Poppy Cleal actually trialed for Ireland back in 2012 with the Irish Exiles, and she didn't make it. <laughs> and now, and then it was took four years for her to get her English cap. But I was just like looking at it the weekend, going, "Oh Jesus, how did we let that one know, go?" Do you know what, Faye? I didn't know that until um, I think like a couple of days ago when she was telling me. I was like, "No way!" She was like, yeah. "Yeah, genuinely." I was like, "Wow, that's such a story." Yeah, we let her go. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Guy, if if only, and then no, she'll be sleep, sleeping a little bit easier as well at the moment. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> what a shame! Being always an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for, for coming on and giving us your thoughts. And uh, take care and enjoy the weekend. Cheers! Thanks, Lil. 
Hi everyone, I'm Lindsay Peace and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. You're remiss not to get a foot inside the Italian camp ahead of this weekend's game against England. So who better than the uh, all-action flanker, former Harlequins player, Giada Franco. Giada Franco, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the WRP. How are you? I'm very good, Johnny. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. I'm good and hopefully you're good too. Yeah, I think we're, we're in decent shape. Look at this. What, what a back row we could have. Sutra A, Giada on one flank. I could, I could do a job on one of the other flanks. We could go for it, couldn't we? Uh, yes. It'd be, it would be good to play alongside Sarah Hunter and not against, like always. Well, well look, you, you, you've gone there. What, uh, what is it like to, to, to play against Sarah Hunter? I'm going to come to you soon to ask the same question. What, what is it like to play, to play against uh, Sarah Hunter? You've done it for club and country, Jada. Oh, you have a little bit of pressure on you being a seven when you have that number eight again, don't you? <laughs> no, it's, it's impressive. Uh, uh, I have huge respect for Sarah. I think she's one of the best players for such a long time. And, you know, it's always exciting uh, when you play against her. You want to, you know, to show uh, how you're able to be a good flanker. But it's not always possible. <laughs> Let's see the truth. <laughs> And so, I'm going to ask the same question back to you. What's Jana like to play against? Uh, firstly, that's very kind, uh, Jana. But um, I, I remember, I think, you coming onto the international scene and thinking, like, who is this incredible flanker? You know, your ferocity and how you carry a ball, a tackle, you were just relentless. And I think um, like you've continued to do that consistently for, for Italy. And, and not only that, when obviously when you play for Harlequins is like geez I've got a face and now playing against her at club as well so um certainly you um you uh like you're a fantastic flanker in a uh, a very frustrating one to, to play against that's for sure which is a which is a big big compliment you know when it comes to, yeah, it comes yeah. to flankers right that's the niceties out of the way you two are actually potentially playing against each other this weekend so that that's enough of the nice stuff. Let's uh, let's get into the uh, the the meeting. <laughs> uh, how uh, did we just uh, spoken earlier to to Sunta, John about dice games and gaming and card games and this kind of stuff while you're in camp? How, how's it how's it been since taking on England uh, at the back end of last year? How have the teams stayed connected? What have you been doing in camp? Oh, um, we're we're in uh, we're having camps like uh, more than the usual past few years, so that's a good thing. Uh, we're having like we're working really hard when we are in camp, because obviously here in Italy we have it's not a proper lockdown, but we can't play, we can't proper training with having contact. So when we are in camp, we make sure we do everything we can over there So because we're tested and all the protocols and stuff. So we make sure we do everything we can in those days. Uh, now we are home. We're going to be in camp from tomorrow to prepare the game. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we, we played the last match. Actually, the last was against England when they won the Grand Slam. Uh, back in 
October. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard, I think, to play against them again, especially after the good results they had last week. But uh, I think we're really really excited, and we can't wait to to get out and play uh, a game finally. So hopefully we'll see um, hungry Italy. Uh, and re- really wanted to fight against a great team like England. What What did you make of uh, England's performance, despite being without Sarah Hunter, of course, at the weekend? Yeah, I think she was uh, well replaced this weekend. <laughs> uh, no, just for the weekend, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I mean, no, I mean, it's not easy to replace Santa. Uh, but oh, I love yeah, it, Clara. It was, uh, I think, it was a really impressive performance. Uh, I think England have played better game than that, if it's it's fair to say. But I think they just they just uh, how do you say? It's it's not easy to stop them. It's not easy at all. I think Scotland uh, played a, a very Proud game, like they did, did. They didn't give up at any time, but England is like that. When you, when they actually have uh, the the chance to score, they just do it without so much mistakes. So uh, I think they there was a really good game to 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 start the campaign. Obviously, they they're playing in the league, but it's the first game since. November for them too, so it's kind of normal that they have to um, regroup and try and find their game again. But I think it's a really good start for them. Johnny, with you guys starting your campaign this weekend, obviously you had a, a bye last weekend. France came out of the blocks like a greyhound. First 40 minutes, incredibly impressive. England the same, sort of tailed off in the, in the second half. A little bit, but the games were kind of done, weren't they? But by half time in, in both fixtures, what are you putting in place so that you start like England and France rather than starting like Scotland and Wales? You had much better second halves, didn't they, Scotland and Wales? What What are you yeah. doing in Italy to make sure you start that game with a bang, or is it just going to be a, a, a hanging on to the emotions of all this pent up sort of frustration and what have you with uh, with COVID going on and not being able to play and what have you? So what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do on the last few uh, few camps is try to control our mental part of the game. I don't know if it really makes sense because we are a really uh, cohesive team. Like we are really uh, strong together. Like we 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 have uh, fun together. We we have pleasure to stay together, and that's. Uh, is being reflected on the on the performance. So if our leaders or our key players have a bad day, I can assure you all the team has a bad day. So what we're trying to what we're trying to do is don't let the uh, emotion or or the just a, a bad day for one player uh, affect all the others. So we're trying we're trying in camp to uh, when something go wrong. Uh, all the other players try and do something to repair their mistake. Uh, so that's what what we're trying to do, and hopefully we we will we can start uh, at a good level. Then obviously again, uh, it's not going to be an easy game for us, uh, but I think we can 
try and do our best from the start and see what what happens into the game. Jada, I was hoping, I just say, Jada, I was hoping you were going to give us a bit more, a bit more of the tactics you'd been working on, maybe some uh, line-out calls or something like that. So you, uh, you've done pretty well to you know that, not give too much away there. You know, they actually don't call my name in the line-out because Abby would always hear my name and just jump uh, before me. So they've changed my name in the line-out, so I'm not going to tell you anything about that. <laughs> that. Good, good, good fishing center. I was just going to say that they always fascinate me because certainly not in the last sort of four or five years, but traditionally England would see that they would you know, win and win happily against Italy. But we were speaking just just off air center about you know, games that, that, that I remember that the Stoop were England under a huge amount of pressure. Katie Daly were clean, MBE. Um, You've got to mention the MBEs for this for this lot, Jana. Um, get sent off. England under pressure. I remember being over in Italy. Can't remember where exactly. That's bad, isn't it? But you were in like three all or six all at half time. England put away. But why are they so difficult to play against? And so why are they such a thorn in England's side? I I, I was saying that uh, playing against England, especially during the second half, then on this kind of game, is always like struggling because obviously they've got I think more uh, depth in the squad so every time they bench come on uh, it's always like quite better than the starters so every time uh, they put on a sub uh, you sure that they will bring some energy and some fitness on the game so every time we try and have a good first half then uh, it's always difficult to maintain the the performance throughout the eighty minutes. So, yeah, we're trying to work on that too. And for you, Sudza? Yeah, I think um, just touching back on what Jada said uh, like a moment ago, just in terms of the their tightness as a team and the the connectiveness and 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 I think that for me is a big part of uh, why they've they've been a, a thorn in our side over years. And I've been involved in all those games you speak about, Johnny. And I, I remember I think one I think back in 2016 maybe, and um, and actually uh, I think we were we were down two tries within the space of about five ten minutes. And actually I think um, just the way that um, Italy play for each other and the way I think. Um, they want to play the ball, like move the ball around, and some of the the key players in terms of the skill set that that they have, I think, um, have certainly posed as challenges. And and I think in in that game at the Stoop is that the, you've got a never say die attitude. It it doesn't matter what the score is, that you'll always keep fighting right till the end, which obviously makes it, it pretty difficult um, uh, to play against a team that just keeps coming and coming and coming and keeps trying to play. And, uh, and yeah, we've, uh, we've certainly had some tricky encounters against, um, against you guys. And I, um, I've got no doubt that, uh, especially from what you've been saying uh, today, that uh, Saturday will, will certainly be uh, no different when we come out to, to Parma. Absolutely, a genre epitomizes that never say die attitude, didn't she? That, that physicality, that abrasiveness. Just, just one more question, if I if I may, to you, Jada. What, where do you think is the the key area of the game, the key battleground 
on Saturday that you must get right to to beat England for the first time with the Six Nations? So, um, it can seem a cliche, but it's not, especially against them. It's, I think for me, is the set pieces and the kicking, the back three for us. So England always have a really, really strong uh, scrum and line out. They usually, you know, they put pressure on you on their scrum, on their line outs, and they put pressure on you on your scrum and your line out. So I think the set pieces is going to be the key for us. When when they have a good platform to uh, let their backs play, they're always going to be really, really dangerous. So for us, on on our scrum and our line out, we have to uh assure our 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 balls so we need to have quality balls for our backs to let them play too and try to put as much pressure as we can on their balls so uh to not let uh, them have all the space and uh, a speed ball and the other area i think um is you know our back three so they have so many kickers uh, you, you've seen in the last match, you know, uh, the number 10 or Laggy or Sky, uh, everyone, even on the on the back three, they can use uh, quite well to the, the feet. So uh, for our back three to work together um, and cover all the space and have good counterattacks, I think it's going to be a huge part of the game. Do you want to respond to that? So to where, where do, you, do you think... Uh... Those kind of areas are particularly important against Italy, or are there areas you think uh, that you've got to get right? Definitely think there are areas we have to to get right. I think um, we saw in the the game in October, November, in the Six Nations game that actually Italy uh, causes lots of problems at set piece time in terms of um, we we had several um, opportunities in in the goal zone to to catch and drive and uh Italy did a great job of of disrupting that and disrupting line out elsewhere to to stop us from having a platform to play off and and certainly um at scrum time as well so uh we 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 expect them um, to be challenged there and I think um what we need to do is not kick loosely to, to Italy's back three because we know the the pace that they've got and um, the evasion skills that they've got that will cause us problems if we if we just aimlessly kick and give them a, a counter attacking opportunity. I think that's when when Italy is, is certainly at one of their their best. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it should be really interesting to see those key battlegrounds on on Saturday, no doubt, because I think they're they're probably focus areas for us as well. Jada, absolutely brilliant to, to have you on the pod and get a, a sense of what's going on uh, in Italy. Just one final question. How much are you going to uh, win by uh, at the weekend? Oh, uh, let's say uh, more than five points. Yeah, 25. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, 25, 20, just to stay 20. calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> Uh, really, really good to have you on the show as ever. Um, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks so much. And uh, all the very, very best of the weekend. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Rocky Clark, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So a little bit of news to bring you up to date. We've not much, of course. It's all centre around the Six Nations, isn't it? Let's just remind you of uh, of those results from the Six Nations. England 52, Scotland 10. 
try to Riley Packer, Leanne Riley, Lark Davis, which he goes to the field she scores, doesn't she? Uh, Bridie and Poppy Cleal, Jess Breach and Helena Rowland. And a penalty try uh, with one consolation from Smith from Scotland. Player of the match was Poppy Cleal. Yes, for the fantasy team. Uh, she was uh, incredibly impressive, in, in my humble opinion. I thought Zoe Orkoff, great to see her back in the shirt. And, uh, yeah, interesting to, to see her at six. I mean, you're not short of back rows, are you, Suns? No, absolutely not, which is a bit worrying. Um, but uh, I completely agree. I think um, both Poppy and Zoe had standout games for me. And it's great to see um, what they've been at club is transferring across to, to country. And it's it's only a good thing for the side. And, you know, it, it does add that competition. And we want to go win a World Cup. And to win a World Cup, you're going to have to have a... Uh, a squad of players, not just one or two. So hopefully, um, it's it's promising and signs of good things to come. Absolutely. Well, on Saturday night in the uh, second game of round one from Pool B, France uh, took on Wales in Van. The first game for Wales has got to be said for for a year. It, it really showed. Uh, lots of chat about new players, new coaches, and what have you. Uh, but they were overrun, especially in the first forty minutes. France were very, very impressive. We know about their ability to, to, to move the ball going forward. What impressed myself, and I don't know if you've seen it since uh, or, or feel the same way, their work off the ball. They just didn't give Wales a sniff in the 53-0 win. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought France looked um, really impressive. You know, I think both sides of the ball, and I think... Um, what showed was that Wales probably um, was telling that they haven't played for, for over a year. And I think when you come under immense pressure um, in, well, in their attack from the defence France were putting on, errors are going to come. And if you're not used to that, then actually you, you're going to probably get the result that happened on, on Saturday. But yeah, France certainly looked um, in, in a good place coming into the tournament. So it'll be interesting to see how they go for, for the rest of it. Um, and I'm sure as Wales get more game time under the belt, um, we'll, we will see them um, improve and, and get better throughout the tournament. What, what, I know there's a 30-minute hat-trick for Caroline Boujard, uh, not to be confused with the fullback Boulard, uh, who scored as well. Oh, jeez, it took some concentration in commentary. Uh, but yeah, for outside the, the, the men and women... It, Often it's it, it's up here in the head that, that they struggle the most. But they were determined to right the wrongs of the 13-0 draw against Scotland. And actually that, that again was an impressive part for me, the fact that that's what they wanted to do. And actually, do you know, they went out and did it. And that's not always the case with France. Yeah, they looked pretty um, switched on from, from the start. Like you say, um, it doesn't matter who you play, scoring a, a hat-trick in, in 30 minutes is impressive against anyone. And... You know, I think um, sometimes France will come out for a good start and then sort of like ease off, but they just seem relentless throughout the game. And um, that it's notorious when they go away from home is that maybe sometimes they they lose focus. But um, I don't know. It just I just sense that actually there's a there's a determination about that French squad from from Saturday that you know sometimes you pick up on things and it just felt like. 
they had um, a real focus, relentless um, mindset of what they wanted to do and how they were going to do it. And they certainly did that on um, on Saturday against Wales. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go for the rest of the tournament. Absolutely. The pictures this weekend, we should just let you know about Pool A, of course, Italy against England in Parma. We're understanding. Two o'clock kickoff live on the BBC iPlayer. And in Pool B, Wales back at home comforts take on Ireland. That's five o'clock live on BBC Wales and on the BBC iPlayer as well. Uh, some domestic news then, sort of to get up to date with. Just one game for the Pro 15s, one of those rearranged games. DMP Durham Sharks. 14, Wasps 27. Much, much improved from DMP Durham Sharks. Straight enough, Beth Blacklock at the, the, the forefront, all 14 points for them. I think, yeah, it was a really strong second half with an intercept try she uh, she got as well. That's much, much better. And we, we want them to, to do well, don't we? Your, your heart still lies up there somewhere, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it, it's probably probably been coming over the season and we played them a few weeks ago and and they looked to start to to be improving since um, the beginning of the season you know things were starting to click and I know Beth Blacklock's certainly a key a key cog in in that squad and I think she's obviously been out injured so obviously having her back is um is obviously um paid dividends so I think if they can start to maybe build stuff around her um that hopefully for the, the last couple of fixtures we'll we'll start to see improvements but it should give them them real hope especially for a young squad that, and you, you probably look at the average age and it, it is probably low 20 so actually that should give them a real confidence boost and you do want to see competitive um competitive games i know wasps were obviously a uh, without a lot of um, international players away on international duty. But ultimately, that happens and you, you have to have a squad that has the depth that can step in and and um, can take that place when maybe some of the the first team starters are, aren't around. So, yeah, um, I'm sure Wasps will be glad to come away with, with that win and secure, I think, their, their top four place. So, um, so yeah, they've, they've got that job done and... And yeah, it's um, it's not a bad scoreline to see. No, indeed. So, uh, yeah, we had Beth on, on on the pod some some time ago, and she does make a massive. And she was talking about this element of being able to to kick out of uh, out of their own own half, out of their own uh, twenty two to take pressure away. And it just reminded me of Wales at the weekend, in not getting much distance on clearance kicks. You just you just pressure straight back on you. And it's just utterly relentless and. Beth coming back into that side obviously uh, made a bit of a difference there. And Wasps, as you say, yeah, secured up in, in, in third and now actually beginning to look to, to push Carla Quinns as well. So, uh, yes, they'll be glad to get the five points. The other bit of sevens action at the weekend as well over in Dubai, Sunter. Yeah, um, Canada won the final, didn't they? There's an invitational tournament yeah. out there, I think, um, in USA in the final, but... I think we've got to mention that um, there were obviously some big hitters missing from that tournament in terms of New Zealand and Australia due to to COVID and probably quarantine processes. And we know firsthand, obviously, with the World Cup being moved this this autumn, that New Zealand are, are pretty hot on what they can do. So, um, but great to see Sevens back. Um, 
getting some international game time ahead of the Olympics in the summer. Yeah, fair, fair play to uh, Tom Burwell over there in Dubai. Yeah, it's uh, Canada, USA, France, Brazil, Kenya and Japan all out there in that invitation tournament, as you say. And yeah, Canada beating arch-rivals USA in the final. We talk about World Cup being moved. It's been moved again, Sunter, we're hearing. I know. Well, it's to be confirmed, isn't it? But they're talking about the clash with with Sevens World Cup. It's like, we've already moved once. You think uh, other teams could move around? But yeah, you've got to understand the, the, the sort of calendar as it is. I think there's Commonwealth Games for the Sevens next year and World Cup's Sevens. So um, yeah, trying to fit another um, global tournament into the calendar, knowing that there'll be crossover from sevens to fifteens, you know, it probably is a sensible decision to to not have them at the same time. Yes, and this amenability of the women's game, which uh you know uh Alison Hughes has spoken about us a, a couple of weeks ago. People coming to room going, look, it might not be the best for, for our union and, and, and our country, but actually the the, the the wider aspect of the game is, is where it's at. So yes, there is talk of that World Cup next year being moved to October or November as opposed to September. October. Well, what a packed show as ever, Sunter. Uh, and we'll finish with shout outs as we quite often do. Who's your first shout out to, England captain? Yeah, so I want to give a massive shout out and a huge congratulations to everyone involved at Walsall Rugby Club um, in their move in March. And thanks to Craig Wallison for keeping us updated. They have doubled their target and are now at over £6,000. £6,000? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And completed yeah. 91 million steps when their initial target was £10 million. Yeah, extraordinary effort. Uh, brilliant stuff. Well done, Warsaw Rugby Cup. Another very impressive fundraising effort from Ricelip Ladies RFC, raising £1,500 for patient care packs. And then finally, I just want to say how amazing it is to see all the grassroots rugby clubs back and sharing their pictures of all their training sessions that they've been up to since lockdown was eased. We want to keep them coming, tag us in them at Pod Women's Rugby. Yeah, indeed so. And I just wanted to, to tell you about, yeah, it was magic to be, to, to be back. Uh, and really, really enjoyed uh, our sessions on, on, on Sunday. And did you see that Newbury Rugby Club video? Yeah, brilliant. Oh, that wasn't was it brilliant. great? Yeah. So yeah, big big shout out to to them. So before we go, we must just talk about Match Pipe Predictor and the Fantasy League, must we? Uh, Gary Street, your old coach, World Cup winning coach. He's in second place. He's been crying about it as well since, uh, uh, which is never nice to see. Katie Price. Is top of the log though on the uh, on the match fight predictor TWRP is our league code to so get involved to win tickets and stats. I don't think it's the Katie Price, it could be, uh, but I think she's more into horses. No, than, I did uh, than yeah, I mean, why not? Who, who's to say it's not? Uh, anyway, uh, Burford I down in 19th, solid. It's not, it's not great, How many yet, in the it? league? We weren't very confident on, on you guys, if we're honest. And I, 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 I no, I, I got, I got tripped up by Wales. I got, I got swept up being half Welsh. I got swept up that 
they were just going to be great and yeah no they won't anyway fancy league the uh, wrp league emerson who uh, is on the team here uh very famous wife he has as well uh he's top of our league and again why do you neck in emerson is going on and on about it garlic mckinder extra wingers in second uh <clears throat> births in third and uh i'm a very, very respectable six out of four million twenty seven hundred and seventy eight million uh so very very respectable uh, so do get involved in those it just leaves us to say a huge huge thank you to our guest today to shorter brown always a tremendous company uh to jada franco to fiona Cochran, to you our superstar co-host guest co-host back with us next week Sunter. i am indeed looking forward to Brilliant. it great stuff just want just a final thought from you just final thoughts match point predictor fantasy league although you guys aren't sort of able to to play it and what have you the fact it's on bbc2 whether it's i play or red button or whatever separate launches a separate space for you does it just feel as though we're getting there a little bit quicker yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't know whether it's because we're standalone. There's not much other international rugby going on at the minute, but the the last like sort of week or so, there seems to be a real buzz around it. Like, like you say, the fantasy, people talking about the game, people talking about individuals you might never have talked about, people deciding and watching the games because they want to know how many carries they've made, what tackles they are. They're, they're rugby fans talking about the game, not just your sort of traditional women's fans that only support it. So hopefully it's open to an audience um, that we haven't had before. And it, it's a real good opportunity to, to grow um, and make us more visible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, we will leave it there. Next week, we're going to be here going inside uh, the Ireland camp, hopefully the French camp. Uh, and the Wales cap as well. Don't forget to watch the second round of the Six Nations, Italy against England this weekend, and Ireland against Wales. There are the details. Two o'clock for Italy against England, and five o'clock for Wales against Ireland. Both on the BBC iPlayer, that Wales game on BBC Wales as well. Until next week, Sunter, go well. Thank you. Bye-bye.